morning, good evening, depending on where you're listening. Uh, this is episode seven, the halfway point of the pause. Life podcast. Okay, well, the, pa- the, the pause the is both. supposed to be between the pause and the life, not the pause life. Hey, listen. I'm I'm changing it up for the listeners. Okay. Every week I do a variation anyway around the horn. Uh, KG Irish Kevin, which I feel like is stuck now. Uh, Myself, Bahama, and our special guest, uh, Alfie, laying on the carpet next to us. Yeah. Okay. Alfie's a dog, if anyone's wondering, because we did have questions about that. But (laughs) Irish Kevin has an ironic question for you. He is my dog. He is part of our family. Oh, yeah. Okay. He is. He is. My son. But Irish Kevin has a interesting, ironic question for you guys because it relates like, to this made-up nickname you guys gave me. But I was thinking about this today because this idea always comes to me is the idea of luck. So do you guys believe that luck is real? Like, you know, you can go be lucky. You can be a lucky person or you can have a lucky period of time. Or do you think it's something in our head, like something that, you know, is made up that our, our brain creates this idea of luck? Or do you think it's an actual thing? So, I can go on two different routes here. The first route I'm going to go is, fuck yes, it's a real thing. Have you seen my luck? My luck is garbage. Have you seen the shit that happens to me with the random occurrences that, like, that's some, like, shit happens to me. You're like, oh, yeah, of course that happened to Kevin. Like, yes, like, luck is a thing. Yeah, I feel like it becomes tricky because luck is so... I guess it's it's it, d- it depends on the relevance of your situation, right? Because I we're think, yeah. lucky we were born in the United States of America. Well, you came to the United States, but we're lucky we're I in the United States. I was born in the United States. Oh, yes, States. you were. You, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were. Born in Harlem, right. Harlem yes, dog. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, right. Show up. I thought, I, thought you, I forgot, I forgot. I'll put some goddamn respect. Okay, we are lucky that we were. Made. Respect in Harlem, dog. That we were born in the United States. We are lucky that we have jobs. We are lucky in those things. But then when I think of the idea of luck, of just like. Okay, yes, well, I'm lucky in that manner, but there's things that in your life that you have been unlucky in. I do agree that context is important. So let's take a step backwards. Define luck. Well, fuck. Um, all those encyclopedias I read <laughs> didn't teach me about luck. I guess I should read the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, but like in Europe, because, you know, when you started talking about like, oh, we are lucky to have been born in America, we've been lucky to have a job in a market in which a lot of people have lost their job. I do consider myself lucky to have like really good job security, but then I also separate that from what, what is luck? Yeah. You I know, I, I guess if I was to define luck, I would say it is something or an occurrence of things that happen that are out of your control that benefit you in a positive way. Okay. I've always, and this is super cookie cutter, but I, I think I saw this on Tumblr like 10 years ago. Uh, the luck, fact that you have a Tumblr is hilarious. Oh, dude, I was crushing the Tumblr. I had one too. I, had one I was too. crushing the Tumblr. Tumblr actually has to make a comeback because there's some great content on there. Anyways, um, I think that luck, and a lot of people define it as, and you hear it all the time, when preparation meets opportunity. Fair, but I, I like I get that, right? The opportunity and the preparation, but I don't really th- feel like that's luck because sometimes situations just happen, right? And like that's that's what's different about me, luck, right. right? I think of preparedness and timing as like effort, right? I, I, I put those together, effort, hard work, like those qualities of determination, but then there's certain things where like you so, can have all those things, but then, you know, luck just wasn't on your side. Like how do you explain gambling, right? Like I was going to bring up gambling, but I think that's probably the only context in which luck is that just 
statistic of probability where it just happens, right? So I'm in the middle of this. Remember okay. I said I have two ways that I look at it. Uh-huh. I have my initial, yo, fuck this shit. Luck is real. I have this completely negative relationship with luck, right? But mm-hmm. then I have my growth mind, uh, growth mindset version of luck, which is the um, preparation meets uh, opportunity, yeah. right? And I heard this in a book. You both read it. I think a, I think it's in the third door. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah, um, great book. One of the one of the C suite people at Microsoft. Uh, the way they define luck is luck is like a bus, right? So mm-hmm. you as a person are standing at the bus stop, right? And luck, which is opportunity, will always pass by. There will always be a bus that stops at the stop sign or the bus stop that you're at, but you need to have the right amount of fare to get into the bus. So that's what preparation would be. So there are times where opportunities pass through us or are made available to us, and sometimes we don't take them or we're not ready to take them, and sometimes we are prepared in that moment to take advantage of that lucky opportunity. So. Uh, even though I have like part of me has like a negative relationship with mm. luck where I'm like, I don't want to hear about this shit. Like you're fucking lucky that that happened to you. I'm not like, you know, that's like my fixed mindset negative side. But then I also have this mm. other side that's like, okay, well, there is something to the whole. If you are prepared enough, an opportunity may come around where if you did the work beforehand, you can take advantage of the opportunity which you wouldn't have been able to do so if you didn't do the work. That was beautifully said. Yeah, I mean, I and I and I always liked that explanation when I read The Third Door, but then I read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell yeah. afterwards, and one thing that he didn't directly mention, luckily, at least I don't remember, but what he talked about was the series of occurrences related to like successful people, right? And everyone accredits it to effort and hard work and the opportunity they had. And he talks about those and those are factors, but there were certain lucky coincidences that came together that in order you to like get to like enable you to get that success. So like, I'll use an example with all the original giant giants of the um, techno like tech industry, right? Of Silicon Valley, they were all born between a certain time period. I forget it was like, it might've been 58 to 60 something, right? They were all born in those particular years. And the reason being is because they then they were on the cusp of when the internet was coming out and when the, com- the original computer was first built. And then depending on the region that they were living in, right? It, it related back to their mm-hmm. access to it. So like Bill Gates, right? He was mm-hmm. born during that certain time. Whereas, he talks about that 10,000 hour rule, right? Where you need 10,000 yeah. hours to become a master at something. Well, I hate that rule. I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah, I think that rule is a little arbitrary. But one thing that was interesting about this when you mentioned Bill Gates is now Bill Gates was lucky because he was born in that era. He was born in the, I think it was Washington, that area of, of the United States. And then he had access to a particular school that had these computers, which this company was testing like um, these betas for. And basically by the time he was finished high school, he had, you know, over eight or 10,000 hours of coding experience before he even went to college. So like luck to Mm. me also has to do with like, it directly relates to your opportunity, right? Because is opportunity. So, so I think a clarifying definition of luck could be just being in the right place at the right time. But based on that example of luck with what you just gave with, you know, Bill Gates and, and big tech is fate real. At that point, 
Right? Because it sounds like that was just destiny. I think fate and luck are almost intertwined, right? And the the question there is, because I've always believed that you can change your own fate. Like, I always looked at, um, what's that one movie that came out? It was... um, it was on Netflix, basically, and it was it was the first of its kind where you could choose which path you go down to, right? So it was an interactive movie. I forget what it was called, but super cool. So you go, you're watching the movie, and then you can choose a path of that movie, right? You're still on a set path, but you have variations of that path. And that's how I've kind of looked at life is like life will present you these forks in the road, and then you have the ability to go left or right. And then some of those paths lead to more luck than others. Some of them lead to worse roads than others. I haven't really made up my mind on whether I believe in fate or not. There are times when I'm like, oh, yeah, like I can totally see how there is a slightly predetermined area in which you are meant to work in or succeed in or make an impact in. And other times I'm like, eh, we have complete free will and I'm making quotation marks because that can be a whole conversation of right. its own. <laughs> right. um, you have complete free will to choose whichever path I want to. So I haven't really made up my mind on whether I believe in a formal like fate or destiny of a person's future. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I don't... I. When you explain it like that, I do believe in luck. And I've always believed in fate, right? Because you're just... Like, when you're born you know you you have the cards mm-hmm. obviously with what you said in in free will right and there's the quotation marks again that you can create that or you can change that but isn't the act of you creating it or changing it couldn't that just be your fate right at the end of the day like yeah i could. guess and, and the question comes like, up the act of you doing that like couldn't that it just could now that question comes up right is like i guess the psychology behind that right because you talked about you doing that brings can be considered lucky right so the question is, can you increase your luck, right? If you feel like you're an unlucky person in life, like, is there a way to suddenly get more luck? Like, I think I've had a lot of unfortunate circumstances in my life, but I feel like overall I've been a pretty lucky person. Like, in the times where I've needed or the randomest times, I've gotten these lucky opportunities that I don't think, like, most people would get, right? And I just, I can't accredit to anything else besides, like, pure... Luck. opportunity opportunity luck, yeah. like pure luck right yeah um i maybe i'm just fucking pessimistic man but i don't feel that way at all i don't feel like um i i don't feel like the majority of what i've of the good things that have happened to me are luck based i do feel like a majority of the good things that have happened to me are based off of like fuck i had to do this and this and like work hard and go through a bunch of shit like for me it's a little bit opposite so maybe that's why i have that relationship with luck i do believe in like your version of luck too that's why i said i have those two versions where i have like the pessimistic one and then i have the growth mindset one because like i can't live in that pessimism of oh my luck sucks as shit and like that's not gonna to answer your question whether can you increase your levels of luck or not i don't know but I'm definitely not going to find out being a pessimistic, you know, um, I don't know, pessimistic about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's why I still maintain that level of growth mindset of like, you know what? Like, I can say that there have been opportunities in my life that you could consider to be lucky that I couldn't take advantage of because I wasn't prepared for them. 
you sure, know? For so, sure. th- so that's why I also still hold that side of luck in high regard because there have been things that I've been prepared of, but there have been a lot that I'm like, damn, like I could have been better prepared for that opportunity and that one opportunity could have changed the course of my life, but I didn't have that fare for the bus at that time. But you know, there can, there's another bus. But that's then, is that, show up. is that considered unlucky, right? So that that's what that's why his mm. definition of it was always so interesting. Because I look at certain circumstances in my life, and I can accredit to direct the actions I have taken. Right, I've done these necessary steps, and and it resulted in this. Right, like an easy example of that is you do well in school, you do well in your SAT, you get a scholarship from the university. Right, that's not very lucky. That's a set path. Linear, but yeah. then there are certain things in my life where I have done the right things. Right, but then at the same time i've had an opportunity because let's just say maybe i'm applying for an internship or a job and i've done everything right in school and i had all the right things but i so happened to meet someone that was in that particular job or had or knew someone in this position that's pretty lucky right that's that's lucky that i know this person that could help me out get this job so it's I see the opportunity and I see the hard work I put behind the scenes, but also I have to believe that like a little bit of that had to do with luck of meeting me meeting that person for that particular opportunity. I see what I see what you're saying. And I've been in that position too, you know, many times, but again, you know, I've just always kind of associated it to, you know, I was supposed to be here. I was supposed to meet this person. I, I was lucky and fortunate in, in the, you know, this opportunity, but I was just in the right place at the right time. You and know, I feel like, that's 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 so funny you say supposed to be here right because um that's an interesting thing too because one concept that a lot of people like where i feel like luck goes bad is when people are given certain circumstances and just like think it's all luck that got them there like um because like i believe in luck right but at the same time i'm like oh i'm just i'm just lucky to be here right or like i i I don't deserve this opportunity because i'm just i just got it by luck right so there's certain circumstances where i credit to luck and certain circumstances where i credit to opportunity and hard work so so in those circumstances where you feel as if you are lucky to be there do you think that's associated with imposter syndrome um I, I do, right? I, I do. And I think that's a big problem. And I think we mentioned that last week too, right? And I'm, I'm glad you were able to bring that back up is this idea that a lot of us, a lot of us face, right? Is we're all, when we, well, a lot of people when they graduate college, right? Or they go to even a position, let's say you're switching careers or something like that. You get it and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in here, right? Like, I, I, I don't know this information. Like, why me? Like, yeah, you feel like what's on your resume like doesn't amount to like who you are and your mm-hmm. capabilities and stuff. Yeah, and it takes a lot of people a while to be able to grasp that of being able to change that idea of like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. And I think for me, right, the first time I felt that I was supposed to be here was when I got a job and I finished my first project, and I was like, oh my god, like, like that that now i feel like i'm supposed to be here now right like it's i did this thing and it resulted in this and it was a positive thing and i got the right feedback for it that's why the first time i was like okay you know like i'm doing things right yeah bahama how would you define imposter syndrome uh i would define imposter syndrome as thinking that you are thinking that you're not good enough and thinking that you you know don't have the resume or the skill set to do the job when other people believe that you do but just like not like lacking that confidence. And like, what do you, what do you guys feel like? Cause you mentioned this, Mar- uh, Markowski, that this is a big problem for a lot of us. And it's a topic that I hear a lot of people not 
labeling it as imposter syndrome but when they talk about the things that they're concerned about yeah when they talk about the things that they feel are holding them back the things that stop them from going for opportunities that they otherwise would be qualified for um they may not label it as imposter syndrome but that's kind of what it is but, yeah and w why do you guys think that's so rampant in our age group i think there's a lot of reasons for it right i don't think i particularly struggle with it as hard as other people have is because i've like really thought about that and I like i've always had that idea of fake it till you make it mentality so like i kind of brought that into there like i made myself believe that hey i'm supposed to be here i'm supposed to do that but i can see how your mind easily gets there and it's because when you're young right you don't have a lot of qualifications you don't have a lot of things that you've done in the past and then you're put in these particular situations in which you're asked to do something that you've either never done before or you don't fully know how to do so you're uncomfortable and i think that's where that idea comes of imposter syndrome is because you feel like oh I, should i be here should i be doing this when in fact right mm -hmm. the person who's above you who hired you or who selected you for that saw the qualities or traits in you that can sex successfully do that role and that's where i think what a lot of young people struggle with because like i don't see you right you might not see like Oh, those are the traits I have. Like you, you don't particularly know, right? Only a person who's done that before would be able to say, "Oh, the fact that you're, you know, really well spoken and really well organized, and you know, you're a great time manager makes you great for this role." Like you might not particularly know that. I feel, and you know, an interesting perspective because I, I, I do see it like at work, right? But touching back on uh, episode two, I think it's the 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 generation of you know at least young adults that are kind of in the workforce and just the whole social media era you know i think that quick shot of dopamine whenever you get a like or a comment on your instagram or that you know readily validation of like you know you are worth it and you are here i, I just feel like you know in the professional setting especially when you're constantly kind of comparing yourself to others right because that's another thing that's huge on on social media right you're always comparing pages and trends and things like that um i think that comparison and maybe not seeking that maybe not having that validation as you know readily available for you um creates this like oh my gosh like i i feel like i shouldn't be here i feel like i don't belong here i feel like i can't do this work i just think that you know young professionals just need this constant you know sense of reassurance um in their skill set and in their p potential and in their oppor you know in their you know opportunities and i feel like when you don't get that coupled with the fact that you may be in a new position that you haven't done before or you haven't seen it before you know if you're always in that state of like you know i've always just been kind of you know validated and kind of put on this not pedestal but like very much supported by my friends and my family all my life and now you experience adversity for the first time and you're like holy shit i don't know if this is i don't know if this is like where i'm at right like i don't know if yeah am i worth it like professionally like am i worth like why do you trust me to do this right and that's where the reassurance needs to come in from you know managers or coworkers or a team of like no here's your you know quant uh your sorry here's your your resume right here's your skill set xyz right we're quantifying all of these things you can do it so just playing devil's advocate here somebody can argue if you need that reassurance to continue moving forward maybe you don't belong there fair I, but I, I wouldn't say i wouldn't say it i would not ag agree with that because i think that 
imposter syndrome is something that can be inevitable depending on your like the context, right? To an extent, I think that the way you get through it is obviously through support of your team, right? It's like that challenge and support kind of strategy that you know we often use professionally, but also just the confidence of once you get through that and you build that, right? And so it's coupled with like this confidence and this resilience, right? And you can have no validation, but know that you're damn good at what you do because you can see results. Yeah. And what one thing that you brought up there, which I think leads to kind of a different point, but still similar, is this idea of people like this is not just our generation this is this is most generations right like this idea that people need hand holding they need instruction manuals of mm-hmm. how to do things and like one of the biggest things that a lot of employers look for right constantly across all the different industries is that that they need someone who's a self starter right they oh, use dude, that that's everywhere they, they use use that term but like it is really really underrated right like for me some people need we talked about um, management style with someone else before right we talked about how some people like you know to be directly managed i personally like to be left and and to do my own thing mm-hmm. right and that i think has to do with kind of self-starterism right you tell me here are the tasks you give me the general guidelines of what to do right. and then from there right. i will go and figure out how to get it done right i might struggle mm-hmm. with it in the beginning mm-hmm. but i'll figure it out and that's where p- the imposter syndrome comes in right it's like oh i come into this role I don't particularly know what I'm doing and then I'm told to do this right and I'm given minimal instructions I then I, then the right, right off the bat they're already struggling to like complete this task and plus they have this idea already of like oh I don't belong right. so that just adds on to it right two things so one you could be in a, a role or a position in which you know what the fuck you are doing right you just again may not have the full confidence in doing it, right? But you've done it before, but you, but you know, maybe you're on a new team, right? Or you're at like a new, I don't know, like office, right? Or um, you just, you, you can't fully conceptualize that yet, right? Because you're doubting yourself and you're like denying your ability. Okay, fair. Right? fair. Two, um, that is very critical and that is exactly what we try and, you know, do it, at least in, in my current role now, right? At, at the college level, of building self-sufficiency and building self-authorship and like really trying to put, you know, students through that discomfort so that they can realize, oh, I can rely on myself autonomously in XYZ setting so that when they get there, they're like, okay, I'm ready to rock and roll. So for your point, uh, Irish Kevin, I think... That and again, I'm literally just playing devil's advocate to see um, what we can get out of this because realistically, an employer wouldn't want to hire somebody who's prone to feeling that way because I think you're speaking from your personal experience in which maybe you feel the imposter syndrome, but you're a self starter, mm-hmm. so like you in that environment, yeah. you thrive. Even if you may have some level of doubt in yourself, you'll still end up thriving because that's when you do best. But what happens when George, in your same situation, doesn't thrive in those self-starters and ends up needing the hand-holding? Yeah, and, and I think there are certain circumstances which different management styles need to come into place and realize that and need to know that, oh, this person needs more direction than others. But I do think there's something to do with preparation here, right? And the preparation I'm specifically referencing is the fact that 
almost everyone, I don't think it is a bad thing to be a self-starter in your own particular way. You know, there's levels to it. And one problem a lot of like people face that are, you know, younger than us or the same age as us is if they have not been placed into opportunities in which they need to be a self-starter, right? Mom and dad's done everything for them. You know, maybe they don't, mm-hmm. they still don't do their own laundry. You know, they're living at home. There's all these various things. Like you could still be a self-starter and do that, right? But you might've got it from different avenues. Like we know people who live at home that maybe were, you know, presidents of these clubs or were involved in these organizations and that's where they got their self-starter from. But for right. most people who don't do all those kind of things and they're living at home and their mom and dad are still doing everything for them, like they're, they're not getting that idea of like, I need to be a self-starter. And I think that's yeah. step one. Or just having that responsibility to do so. Yeah. So would it be fair to say that somebody who didn't pick up on those self-starter skills and is prone to have imposter syndrome just straight up doesn't belong in the room? I have always, I have always seen and I don't like to speak in absolutes, much like not so Irish Kevin, but I've I've always seen imposter syndrome sort of peak when the person, right, or the student or the you know employee um, is like a month or two or three on the job, right? Like I don't, to me, imposter syndrome is not identifiable in an interview, group interview, individual interview, whatever that may be. It's not identifiable on a resume, right? Like you're going to get hired for you know, your like who, who you are, who, who that is, what are you bringing to the table? You know what I mean? And it's when that comparison piece kicks in where you're start when you're starting to think like, I clearly can't do like what they can do. Like, why, why am I here? Right. But I think that if you pass all of those sort of checkpoints, right, you know, you go through, you know, you pass the initial, um, you know, ap- application assessment, you get through the interview, you know, you do your onboarding and now like you're, you know, shadowing you're in the job autonomously or being micromanaged doesn't matter. I think that, you do deserve to be in the room because we are trusting right hr departments and hiring managers to bring those people in the room and i think that that comes with a set of standards and um you know skills and and stuff like that to onboard people so i have two points one and these are not uh devil's advocate points now these are like my thoughts (laughs) based on your responses okay go ahead uh so first um much like yourself there I believe deeply in the power of a company's ability to develop talent. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in sports. You can draft a rookie with right. a ton of talent. Like Andrew Luck, yeah. All right. <laughs> so you that can a draft a, good one. Uh, a player with a lot of talent and then they're just absolute garbage. Right. And then a player that didn't have that much talent and they like thrive. You know, it's the same thing with prospects in the workforce. There's so many people with this talent available to them stuck in companies that don't foster or water that talent like a plant Mm -hmm. and make it grow Mm -hmm. and just stifle the growth of their employees and i think that while development of your employee and your workforce is important i do think there are situations in which if somebody doesn't figure it the fuck out maybe they just don't belong, you know? Like, there's a time period there's. to identify that, right? Uh, because the the real truth is that there are very, very few individuals that are cut out to just be a star from the beginning. 100%. Getting yeah, into a job, sure. right? There's a yeah. small percentage of that every company wishes they had a full workforce of them, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter what company you work for. I have friends that work at Google that have coworkers that they think are dumbasses. I have friends that work in smaller companies that it's the same thing. Um, there's always going to be 
really smart people and really not so smart people in the workforce regardless of how you know high end the company may seem mm-hmm. uh so now with that said uh my belief on imposter syndrome is that in my opinion that only really happens to high achievers i don't think imposter mm-hmm. syndrome happens to people who don't see themselves as high achievers because a lot of the times it comes from you thinking that you aren't good enough at something that you care to be good at right somebody who's not a high achiever doesn't uh, and and some books that i've read call it call this uh, neuro, uh, neurotic yeah. you know so people who are high achievers are high neurotic so meaning that they care a lot mm-hmm. about uh like the little details and how things go and like they try to micromanage and sometimes they're a little bit controlling then there's the type of people who are mm-hmm. significantly less controlling yeah. uh they're more chill and they don't worry as much right mm-hmm. they may care to do well but it's not an over consuming and overwhelming emotion doing well in their particular role like if they don't do well they're like ah didn't do too well whatever i'll get better for the next one you know but somebody who has imposter syndrome is more like their world's gonna come crashing down if they don't rock this out of the park so in my opinion based on what i've seen i feel like that level of imposter syndrome really only hits people who are looking to be like high achievers yeah i i do see that point um I will push back and say that I, I have also seen imposter, and I guess there's like a spectrum, right? Of like how much you experience imposter syndrome, right? To like what extent. Um, but I, I have seen, you know, individuals that tell me I'm going through this, right? And calling out imposter syndrome, right? That are just a little more insecure than like yeah. the, the group, right? Uh, I, or, I, I can see that. Yeah, 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 no. Or like, you know, a little more insecure than the group or they're just kind of like, you know, quiet, kind of shy, can still also, you know, do the work, right? But they they just sort of get in those group settings and they're just like, I, I don't know if like this is for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I could do this fully to my, the full yeah. extent. My thoughts on this is like, I feel like everyone can get um, imposter syndrome because like we're people of higher confidence and we can get it, right? And I also know lower people people with lower confidence definitely can get it and i can see your point about the high performers because they're looking at it as like oh i want to perform this well and i don't know if i can because and they have this whole mentality behind them but i also think of like these people who go into these roles right with low confidence who are not necessarily Mm -hmm. the highest performers and then they look at this position as oh crap i actually got this job I hope I don't get fired, right? I don't even know if I'm supposed to be here. So that's where I look at the low performers and where they fit into the scale. So I think the idea of, because people always love to, from the surface area, talk about imposter syndrome. It's like, yo, you just got to have confidence in yourself. But high confidence people get this as well. You know, it's not just people with low confidence. So it's, I mean, yeah. it's tricky. It's kind of across the board. Yeah. But you brought up one thing that I wanted to talk about too was, the idea of company being able to develop talent, which I think is super important, right? And this idea of talent is an interesting question because one, it's already hard to identify talent, right? Off an interview, off a group interview, like how can I identify that talent? So the onus then sits on the individual, right? You as a person who is interviewing for that company, 
of displaying your talents. But then the question comes is, how do you self-identify what are my particular talents, right? I am 20-something years old. How do I know my talents? Where? How do I discover those? Boom, baby. Self-awareness. We talked Self- about that, that man. That I, that's how you know. That's how There's you no know. other way of knowing. But you you know, quantify right? I, like, I, I think quanti- I'm a self-aware person. Okay, but you quantify those abilities on a resume, right? There's uh, a bunch of other things that you're good at, right, that you're talented at that can come through on a hundred million, you know, strengths, personality based assessments that exist in the world today, right? Like there are ways in which you can say, I have done bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. And so I feel like my talent is overlying umbrella of these three bullet points. Fair, fair. And I feel like I could sell almost any talent per se, right? I could, what I always use to end up doing is I pick a talent and then I use one, something in my experience and then I just express it, right? And whatever the circumstance I'm in. But if I want to truly reflect on like, what do I think my actual talent is? It becomes more tricky because now I'm looking at a particular task or project or thing that I have accomplished. And then I look at that, right? And try to break it down. And then it's three or four things that I particularly did there that all have to do with a talent, which I don't know which area truly made me more successful in that right because oftentimes it's it's the other side that would see it right like it's sometimes more easier for someone else to say oh you're really good at this than for yourself to say you're really good at that 100 percent. i will definitely agree with it being easier for somebody else to identify talent in you than um you identifying in yourself for example i consider myself to be a good speaker not because I think I'm a good speaker, because I've been told over and over and over and over, friends, family, at events. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I listen to myself, when I listen to the podcast, I'm like, I'm not a good speaker. I still tell myself, I'm like, that sounds pretty average. But the amount of people that have told me that I'm a good speaker is so overwhelming that at this point, yeah. I just accept it as a talent. I also know I'm a very good communicator. That is something that I identified on my own. You know, So that's the speaker is an example of something that was identified by other people. Being a communicator, a good communicator, is something I identified on my own through my ability of speaking with and gaining trust from very different types of personalities from different people. Uh, You mentioned in the last podcast how one of the ways that you... Uh, that it's difficult for you to find a niche because you've had all these experiences that you're interested in, which makes it easy for you to talk to people. So, you know, that also makes you a good communicator as well because that allows you to relate and like genuinely relate, not fake relate to different groups of people just because you're actually interested in what they have to say. So um, I think it's easier when other people tell you and Mm -hmm. that's why it's valuable to either be conscious enough to ask the people around you what you think they're uh, what they think you're good at what i don't mean to cut you off there i was just go ahead no say uh two points two immediate points one is a quote that i feel is relevant for tonight that i feel like is relevant for tonight for monday night football when you are good at something you will tell others when you're great at something they will tell you one who said that it's pretty good walter payton Okay. And the bear, I actually and the, like that quote. And the bears good. are playing. I don't think they're that doing was good. good. Anyway, part two, those quantifiable things that you mentioned, right? Communication, public speaking, you seeking out those relationships to confirm X, Y, Z, those things, right? Through various, you know, instances where you've interacted with them. I feel like the common denominator, the common theme there is similar to what you can find on a performance evaluation, right? And how that can further develop talent on a team. But I do think that the points that you made are general, right? I feel like, Irish Kevin, when you were talking, I feel like when you think of like 
talents, right, from like experiences or projects that you've worked on. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're trying to like nitpick something very specific. In a way, yes, right. right. But I think that they need to be general, general, right? Like I'm good at a talent of mine is communication, a talent of mine is public speaking, right? X Y Z, something like that. Fair, fair, right? And and like that's how I've always usually looked at it. I look at situations and I'll say, okay, my, my general talent, I believe, is being able to communicate and be able to speak and relate to others and whatever else comes with that, right? But then I think about that quote that we talked about when we think about niches, niches right? Is mm. a jack of all trades, but a master of none, right? Is am I a jack of all these talents, but a master of none of these talents? So it's hard to find inside of that specific communication, right? Then you can find out, oh, you are the best at, you know, public speaking in front of other people and how can I utilize that specific talent to then further my career, right? Like that's the, the, the talk of the, like the specific nature of talent I'm talking about. And that's how you should strive to end, right? But we're young as fuck, right? You start mm-hmm. off identifying the general umbrella of talent that you believe that you're good at and that you've proven through performance, mm-hmm. through any involvements, through any outside feedback that have shown you that you are good at this general talent, right? As you continue your career, because you're still young as fuck, right? Like yeah. your career, you have a baby career, right? As you continue, now that you know that this is your general talent, for example, you should now seek out additional opportunities to test those out, right? Whether it be, oh, my company is doing a fundraiser here. Let me go and speak uh, and see if my communication skills could be used to raise money. Or maybe my communication skills are better set for being at a capital uh, raising, at a fundraising for capital uh, meeting. Or maybe my communication skills are better set for hiring employees, you know? Mm. So it is something that like the final, my opinion, the final answer that you're looking for of getting it specific to the point of like, oh, this is my talent and it's one sentence of something super specific that I'm better and I'm a master of than anybody else doesn't come right now. It comes later on as a further development of what you currently know. Fair, fair. But I also attribute to like that I that idea of coming up with it and finding my specific thing when I'm I attribute to like success, right? Because yeah. even though we are young, we are early in our career, I feel yeah. like the sooner you can identify that particular trait that you are good at or particular thing that you can provide to the world right like the idea of business is always i'm providing a solution to some Mm -hmm. a problem that is out there the sooner i can figure out how my skill set can lead to a solving a problem whether it be a a big company a little company or you know a startup right yeah the sooner i can lead to success and i what is success i what what success means to me in this particular situation because i have multiple definitions success is financial slash impact of my, like of whatever I did okay. with that particular thing. So my, like financial and right. impact of it both. Do you feel like you need that level of specificity to achieve the impact or actually any, I, I disagree. I'm just going to flat out disagree with you. <laughs> like, I don't think that you need that level of specificity to reach any of the level of successes that you've met because I can argue that you're currently successful in all those things. And you have no idea what your talents are. Fair, but especially if we start comparing you to like other people. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and disagree there as well on top of you because the specific success I'm talking about 
is yes, you can achieve it by having mm-hmm. this general mm-hmm. goals of it. But we're also talking about ease of getting that success. I'm talking about that pathway, right? This, I think about. I'm comparing this to more of like a... Um, I think we're muddying success too much and it has yeah. to be clearly defined because even yourself, when I asked you, said, I have many definitions of success. Like, I think you need to use a different word than success. For this particular situation, I do think the definition of success that I'm referring to fits it because I'm talking about a monetary amount of success that is far above what I would consider I have now or anyone I know has, right? I'm talking about like millions of dollars, right? You okay, started so a successful you have, business. So you have a number in your head that's millions of dollars and that's your definition of success of this particular situation right and i'm what's this particular situation this particular situation is i've identified a skill set that i have that is unique to me right and i can now use that specific skill set to launch something or do something that will lead to that realm of success right and it, it might not just be money at this time it might be like the impact of it right i am unique to the, my particular situation because i think of let's not even talk about starting our own company let's just talk about your individual let's say you're working for a corporation right you're just a number you're disposable when you identify that talent earlier than later I can then prove that I am indispensable because of this particular talent. I am so good at this one thing that they need me and I provide a value to them that they can't get rid of me or that I'm worth whatever money I'm getting paid for for that particular task. That's what I mean. So yes, you can. I could go start a business right right now and it somehow takes off and then I get bought by another company and now I'm a millionaire, right? But that's not what I'm directly talking about. I'm talking about how can I use this one specific talent that I can identify or it could be multiple specific talents to then launch to get that kind of success. So I don't like your definition of success there. I, I just think it's it's just success is such a generalized word. So generalized. And your situation is so specific that I feel like it, it'll confuse some listener. Maybe that's my opinion. Um, because you're you're talking massive levels of impact and you're talking millions of dollars those are your two metrics that your 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 success equals either or millions of dollars either and um whatever you know what i mean millions of dollars or massive impact let me which let me give you an example and that might okay. clarify it okay, okay. no no you, but am i right saying that yeah you're right so far in the train of thought, I think okay. the example would help. And that's, yeah, no, yeah. that's what I'm keeping it at. I wasn't going to add anything to that definition. Said. That's exactly what I believe you're meaning. But I don't like that definition of success because it is so different to everyone. And I know that you understand that, but I just kind of want to drive that in that you're talking like 0.0001% lifestyle, right? So... Now we're talking about labeling success as something that only 0.0001% is capable of when somebody's success, somebody, a 40-year-old person's success can be exactly where you are right this moment. No, for sure. But I, that's why I'm saying I have multiple definitions of success and that's why I'm labeling this specific one I'm talking about. So what do I mean by that, right? Let me give you two examples and that might be able to clarify it, right? Yes, I agree with your point. You can be successful because everyone has different definitions of success. But the two parameters that I've outlined for this particular example of success is impact and money. So let's let's use two examples of that, of two people that found those specific things by finding their niche. Let's use Mark Zuckerberg as an example. Mark Zuckerberg found his specific unique talent with being able to code and create 
right? And he leveraged that along with, you know, the several opportunities he had at Harvard and meeting the right people to, to launch Facebook, which led to the certain amount of success. So this is where I have the issue mm-hmm. with your explanation. That's not specific. Because you have this obsession with finding my specific talent that's going to specifically going to put me on the fast track to reaching the impact in but the millions. That, but that, but, but you know, is, coding and creating is general as fuck. It, it is. It but is. Like, what but was I, Mark but, Zuckerberg's specific but talent that's, that got that, that? That's where, you, that's where you've gotten confused of what I meant by specific, right? That is a specific talent I'm talking about. That is the level I'm going to. How is that more saying, specific than but communicating? I, but I, Because that is... Because uh, it relates to my second example, ready? Right, communication, right? That is super broad. Well, my second so it's example- creating. creating. Creating and communication on the same level of general. But what I'm specifically referencing was coding, creating, coding and creating a particular platform, right? Which I mentioned. I'm not saying Mark Zuckerberg was specifically great at Python and C++, which made him create this thing. No, right? Let's use communication as an example. Let's talk about my second point, Tony Robbins, right? He is successful at communication, right? But that's not the specific example I'm talking about. He is extremely successful at two different things. One, the ability to to speak publicly and two, to leverage that to bring something out of you, an emotion out of you, a, a, a... drive out of you, something out of you by leveraging his particular words, which resulted in both impact and success. So that is what I mean by specific talent, right? I'm not talking about, oh, I know how to, let's use coding example, to do C++ better than anyone else in the world. I'm talking about in that genre of things, what am I really good at? And once I'm able to identify that, then I can figure out how to leverage that to get this definition of success I'm talking about. I think you're stuck. I think you're stuck yeah. on that idea of that was, trying to find right, the yeah. specific yeah. Uh, talent because I have no way of proving this, but I highly, highly doubt that any of your examples knew at that moment that that was their specific thing. Highly doubt. They just did I, things I that they liked agree, yeah. and it worked well and they were good at it. And as they continue to move forward in their career, they started honing in on those general skills mm-hmm. in which they specified them. Like, I, I just think that you but, have this I, false idea of having to know your specific yeah. trait and fast track your no, way I think to you're success. Completely, I think you're completely wrong on that, right? And this is exactly what I'm going to tell you. It is, they were, I, you said it there, right? They found the thing they enjoyed, liked doing, and then yeah. they were good at and went with it, right? Yeah. Which so, it can, which so is, is that this, not it, right? No, because so you So how can, do you even get to the point of finding that, Muhammad, right? Please. I'm good at communication, him. but Educate. how do I then go about saying, okay, Tony Robbins, okay, I'm really good at speaking to people, and I'm right, really right, good right, at right, public right, speaking okay. and bringing things out of others. You identified that, right? All right? And you liked doing that, and you honed in on it, and that is what led to your success. Do you know what specific means? I do, but specific is also know. very general. No, it's, it's like, not. It is. No, specific is the opposite of general. But I'm saying okay, we need a fucking situ- dictionary, but no, this no, bitch. No, no, no. <laughs> because specific is literally the opposite of. But general. there are levels of specific, is there not? Is there not? Are, are we? I'm using the context po- of general, but there's specific. There's certain levels of it, right? I can say this is a blanket. Maybe you're not a good. That is specific. <laughs> this is a blanket. No the problem. The- now I can be more specific and say this is a blanket with a wolf on it, and I can talk about the specific cotton that it's made with, right? Those are all specific descriptor words. So yes, your idea of specific is it can be anything. So yes, my idea of I brought it down from communication to public speaking. That is a specific specific example. I have two points. This has been, by the way, a 
the duke out between Irish Kevin and not so Irish Kevin, it's something to see in person. Anyways, um, I have two points. First, it's not that like I'm on the fence about like comparing the hard skill of coding and the soft skill of communication in this example, but I think that you bringing this up, like we're talking about two very successful people, which you said a lot of impact and a lot of money, right? Those are like your two parameters to using these examples. But we're also like evaluating their careers from a longer timeline than like right now, right? Like I feel like you I feel like if you went back in time and you talked to young Mark and young and young Tony, I I also and I can't prove this either, but I also highly doubt that they would be like, Yeah, you know, I'm just really passionate about coding and this is what I want to do. Actually, I or, probably would say they would tell No, I, I don't because I've... Hey, listen, I can't speak for Tony, for Tony Robbins, but I have seen countless interviews of, of, of Mark and all he wanted to do was just bring people together. But he didn't specify, oh, I really love coding and that's my but, talent but and that's, that's my skill. But he identified what his talent is. Let's talk, let's, let me use a third example and the final example I'll use. Let's talk about football, right? So when most kids who are supreme athletes... And you can write this, this, this right? This is already a bad example. This is a bad example. I, I don't, I don't quick, think so. Real quick, real, quick, I, real, quick real quick before you get into this. But have you not identified like your talent no, already? No, that's, that's what I, I'm saying. You, I thought you literally just said that you're a good Dude, communicator and public speaker. You did say that. I did say that, but I don't... So you already have your specific no, talent. But no, but what, what was my point from before? The jack of all trades, but master of none. I think there's multiple things that I'm good at. And I have not identified which specific one I'm better than others at. And that is why... You're I'm, moving the goalpost now. I'm not moving the goalpost. I'm not. Well, and let's use the example of football right here, right? Let when me, you're, just, a, when you're in Pop Warner, when you're in Pop Warner, most kids in elementary, middle, and high school, they play multiple positions, correct? They are good at football and they play multiple positions. A lot of these kids play quarterback or they play wide receiver in DB. But what do they need to do? They need to identify the specific position that they are best at in order to take it to the next level. Do they All have right. to do that well, early? No. They do that. No, 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 no. But do they have to? Do they have to? Because how many players are no. a one-year starter no, no, no. and right. automatically that is get drafted? Norm. No. That is False. not the okay. norm. No, that hold is on. not the norm. Okay. That's but that's not, not the norm, norm either, dog. It, especially at a peewee level, like... Let's be real, bro. Um, but I'm talking about well, high school, even high school. Let's talk about high school. Kids that are also D backs and okay, wide receivers, they need to choose one oh, in no. order to go to college of. And then it gets changed. Look at Tannehill, bro. Not always, Tannehill not was always. a fucking but, receiver. But, but you're using these one offs. I would say the majority of them stick to the position that they could put in. Because that's unless what you're an Ohio State quarterback. Because that's what they've been playing from a, a young age, right? When they've taken all the tests and their coach like looked at all their fucking metrics and said, you know what, I think that you would be a good boom. And when that doesn't work out, you change to something else, right? When you get the high school dog, you already like like I've played this my entire life, right? And maybe it is a coach along the way or a teacher, right? In those one off scenarios where they're like, you know what, you played, you know, running back, right? But I think that because of your Reaction skills, you'd be a good linebacker. How many people on your team play two positions? A lot of people. I exactly. Play, I play but but the they thing. pick one that they're specifically. No, 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 good no, 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 no. Did they no. pick it or was it placed upon them by the coach right. who maybe didn't identify what they may have been best at? Right. Or, right. or, or, or not that they felt that they were the best at, but that they liked more. That okay, too. identified no with their. But I would say you don't, no, dude, you're going to tell me that these little kids identify. So we talked about talent, talent before, right? You said oftentimes talent can be seen by others before it can be seen by yourself. So yeah. therefore, a coach saw that talent in you, and maybe and he's then you fucking put that wrong. Effort, or maybe they're right, and like the yeah, ton of other. But we can't prove that. Here's the thing: 
this is a terrible example because now you're using kids as an example but for I, finding but the we, trunk. We're not just using kids. We're using high schoolers. High schoolers they are, are kids. kids. Those are, those are kids. Some of them are 18, so they're not kids by the law. Statistically speaking, the majority of high school students are children. Okay, but in that specific example, in order to go to college My specific football. Ex- all your specific listen, examples. Listen, your specific no, this, examples. this is a good example. Okay. We're talking about high school or college. Right, right, that right. next level. In order oh, to go to now college, we're talking about need, college. We were talking about high school. No, listen. we are. We're still talking about high school, but you need but to identify what position you're going to be before you get to the college level. If you're playing DB and wide receiver, at some point your coach is going to come to you and say you need to figure out which one you're going to be best at. And right? here's the thing. Okay, wait, wait, wait. And that's what the coach is going to tell him, but maybe that coach is complete garbage, and now that coach put him in a position that he's not going to thrive in. So that goes but back to... But that's a totally to, different argument. No, 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 no. It, but it's still valid because you're... It, here's the thing. It's a valid argument because it dismantles your argument of, oh, Kids figure this shit out because other people see it in them and they put them in these positions yeah. that they work for a long time and they master and that's how they reach success. It dismantles that argument because kids don't pick, man. Kids don't pick shit. Dude, these coaches put them in positions that the coach feels like they may be good at. That's, and the coach yeah. may be right or the coach may be misinterpreting their skill set level. Or maybe the coach picked their, oh, that guy's going to be a great wide receiver and he's a great wide receiver he would have been a Hall of Fame safety. But nobody figured that out. You know? So I that's what I'm saying. The which, football thing is a right, terrible which is why. But I think, but, but I think which is why. the example you're using is less of the norm than the we, position that they're in them succeeding. Okay, but, There's no way of proving that. But it's the same. Okay, other there than... There is ways of proving that because on. we can look at people who have switched positions and their success in one position to the other. But we can never look at what they could have been if they exactly, did something Exactly, so else. that argument is not good enough to use. That's what I'm saying. Football is a So what argument. was my initial argument? What was my initial argument? Identifying a specific talent and that leading to success and impact. Does not identifying your position that I'm great at wide receiver, right? Whether my coach selected for me... Or I selected for myself. I identified that I'm a great wide receiver. I went through high school, then I went through college, then I went through uh, uh, to the NFL. Because I identified my specific talent, that I am better at wide receiver than anyone else, that led to my success and impact. I think, again, as a former high school athlete, that at that point, right, whether it's because, I mean, you always play multiple positions, right? DBs are always wide receivers, running backs are always linebackers, O-line, D-line, same thing, whatever, right? I still feel like, when it comes down to it and someone asks you, much like the athletes who play basketball and football, right? Or track and football or, I don't know, soccer and wrestling, something like that, right? Like you're always going to just choose which one you like more. If you look at the skill, right, the skills, the metrics of a receiver and a DB, to me, and you both can correct me if I'm wrong because we're avid football fans in here, right? The only difference is that the DB has better reaction, or the, the wide receiver. Or the, or the wide receiver's better hands okay. or better acceleration. No, no, because you still have to, you know, intercept and you still got that the, hands the to be a DB. Th- the big thing. Let's that, be real. Yeah. I, mean, I would agree with that. The, the agree statement about the DBs, is the common statement is DBs are wide receivers that just don't have hands. That's a very common. Okay, well, again, my second point that I don't think I got to or my third point that I just never addressed, I don't like this example because we're talking about a like fucking one in a million type of opportunity and we need to fucking make this relatable, right? So, Back to the original thing, right, of which you said was developing talent to get through imposter syndrome. And you said identifying your skill, which, by the way, as the third party here, the both of you, great at fucking debate. If both of you want to be diplomats or politicians, hey, go for it. No chance. Have you... The trade passed. Have you... Or have you not identified your skill at work? Because no. it sounds like you have. No, I haven't. That's, what, that's my whole point. Okay, so question. You said 
that Tony Robbins identified his skill of public speaking. And then you said, I am good at public speaking. What's the difference? The difference is, I don't know if that is my true differentiating factor. I don't know if that specific skill set I'm good at is better than the norm. Or even, forget about just that, is it significantly better than the rest of my skills does that it I can matter? put the time and effort does to hone it does it matter it matter does it matter to me to you but it doesn't but 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 why you're, I'll flip that argument just because it doesn't matter to you doesn't mean it shouldn't matter to ever anyone else right I've identified- I, will, I, I, will, I will dismantle that completely you know why it shouldn't matter to you because it mattering to you stops you now if it not mattering to you pushed you forward and pushed you right. to looking up for opportunities and didn't keep you secluded from doing things that you wanted to do, then you know what? Completely eat my I don't words think, and I, I don't think it secludes okay, me. I don't this, think it, I, it doesn't about, stop me from opportunities. I'm looking for what skill set right, I am right. above the norm so I can pick my but, time and put it in there. But I know that you know what those are because I will, again, throw in a monkey wrench. We're not going to fucking sit here and act like Mark Zuckerberg and Tony Robbins are only good at coding and communication respectively, right? I feel like you're in this paralysis analysis situation when you're trying to hyper-focus on one fucking thing and ride that out, right? Tony Robbins has to be able to conceptualize emotion and have that intelligence, right? And have those interpersonal dynamics beyond communication, right? Mark Zuckerberg has to be this big fucking business mind that's just leading innovation and in you know big tech and all that shit while also doing coding. So I feel like you are putting yourself in this position by thinking that you fucking need to find this like like oh, all these people thing. found these things and so then, I have to find it right. too and then no, fucking double down but, on that but that's that's where I think you guys are wrong and I just fundamentally disagree with you because I believe in putting your time into okay. something that you know is okay, going so to so what are you going to put your time wait, into wait, wait, wait. Here's, but here's the thing right? I'm put, that's the thing wait, wait. I'm putting my thing in multiple things at once no, no, time no. management wait, is so wait. important because what because what you've what what you literally fucking said, right? I think your argument pertains to hard skills. Soft skills are so, you know, generalizable that it, 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 it doesn't matter. Like, you could say, oh, I'm really good at communication, right? But again, that's broad and it's not specific. So what the fuck does that mean? You're good at public speaking, but how are you going to, like, leverage that? Tony Robbins is good at public speaking, right? We already identified that. I feel like when you say, I want to find one thing that I'm really good at, like being a fucking defensive back or being a fucking wide receiver, to apply that professionally, I feel like you're looking for a hard skill and not a fucking soft Fair. skill. Fair. And where, I, and where I think Guzman, I don't know if I'm, I, I may be just putting words in your mouth now, is I hope you're not thinking that this is stopping me from moving forward, right? This idea of finding my skill set that I'm doing is it's not stopping me from moving forward. I'm still, the train is still moving, right? It's just now I'm, I have to, I'm figuring out to myself is all right, I'm, putting my time across these multiple skills until I find out which one's the head runner and I can double down on. Which I'm, that sure, is what I'm, which I'm sure is what fucking Mark and Tony did. Okay, so you're not putting words in my mouth. That's exactly what I said. But maybe let me rephrase it. Maybe that wasn't the right way of saying it. I think that you are putting too much stock on finding yeah. this specificity of skill. Uh, if the train is moving, that's good. That's part of what I meant. But the general message is I don't think, dude, you're fucking 24 for fuck's sake, dude. You're a fucking, we're all children, bro. Like, geez, like that, like to me, like, I think that it's, 
this just straight up and it's a shame that you put so much stock on that like you are good at so many things and you see that as a negative and that you can't argue because you've said it multiple times the whole oh i'm so afraid i'm gonna be the jack of all trades and master of none you see your multiple talents as a negative maybe it doesn't stop you because it's still the train's still moving and maybe you're still doing your time management thing but ultimately at the core, you do view this as something that's not positive because it's not giving you what you ultimately want, which is the identification of that specific skill. And to me, that's a shame for somebody who's so young, with so much talent and so little things holding you back. And then you're now, in my opinion, self-creating the things that you may potentially hold you back. And, and, is, and there's a word in there, right, that I want to use is we talked about, yes, I've self-identified that I'm good at a certain amount of things, but I'm not trying to be good at those things. I'm trying to be excellent in a thing. I'm trying okay. to be great at something. I Just you like a company, just like a company, right? A company finds out what their differential is. They find out what makes them unique in the market, and that is what leads to the success. I'm trying to find that myself, and yes, I have time, but I'm saying, my original argument from the very beginning was identifying that sooner will I believe in my head will lead me to success faster than identifying it later. That okay. doesn't mean it's right or wrong, right? Like I can that. I can find it later in time, that's okay. But me identifying that earlier, I think will lead to my opinion of this specific success of money and impact that I'm referencing. I think just the way you needed to word that was identifying this will lead to me achieving the goals that I want to uh, reach because ultimately remember my problem with the argument from the beginning was you using that as a definition for success right because ultimately these are just your goals this is just what you're trying to do so like somebody listening can listen to that and be like oh shit well if that's success i'm fucked yeah no, you know? no i mean that's, that's which hard. is why i wanted you to yeah. rephrase that and that's why like from the beginning i was like i don't like your definition of success mm. Because this is individual to you and success is very generalized word that people can apply to themselves. Now, if you go ahead and talk about like, hey, these are my specific goals. I want millions and I want impact and I believe I will reach that if I identify my specific skill that I will be excellent at better than anybody else. I probably wouldn't have nitpicked the wording there. I still think that you are not going to identify it. Someone's going to identify it for you. I hope so. I, well, I hope I hope someone does this because that takes the little really good at talking shit. If you need me to tell you that, really you're really good hey, at talking shit hey, listen, and circular man. reasoning. Hey, your your high school coach is coming, dude, and they're going to tell you, "Hey, listen, Kev, you're really great at fucking X, Y, Z." And then you're going to double. You're going to feel like you got to double down on that. It's going to happen. Well, I do want to clarify to everyone that success. I specifically want to reference is your own definition of success, right? My success is going to be different than your success. If that got confused in the beginning, that's all right. Chase your own version of success. I'm just trying to chase mine, right? We're all going to have different views of how to get there, but I hope you guys enjoyed our little debate and argument around it. And, um, definitely the most, uh, disagreeing podcast that we've had. I'm surprised that this one was the one that we disagreed right, with the things. most. But also, you know, we're just, we're off the fucking cuff, dude. We're off the cuff. Uh, luck, fate, destiny, skills, developing talent, imposter syndrome, everything you could probably think of professionally under the sun. If you like this shit, let us know. If you believe in luck, let us know. If you don't believe in destiny, let us know that too. Uh, episode seven is on a wrap. Episode eight coming next week. 
Thanks, y'all. Thanks for the listen.